Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show, that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning. You're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. Happy weekend, everybody. I am joined this morning uh, here in a moment by my husband and business partner, Kirk Reed, but we'll give him a time to get the technology up and running. Uh, We are going to be chatting this morning about employer-sponsored retirement plans, i.e. 401ks. Uh, We're going to be focusing on them primarily, but I did want to touch on 403bs being another one of the more common um, employer-sponsored plans. Um, I was spending a lot of time this morning trying to come up with a sexier title for this show, um, but I was struggling a little bit. So my, you know, my first inclination was just quite simply understanding your 401k, uh, something along the lines of, you know, how to maximize your employee benefits. Um, I was really struggling, really struggling with that. Kirk is the more witty and creative one. Um, so maybe he'll come up with something here mid show for, uh, a catchier title for this, but we're going to be talking like the ins and outs of 401ks um, and 403bs and just helping people understand what they have. Hopefully many people listening have uh, a 401k or the like available to them. Um, I just want to, you know, talk through how to read the statement, how to, how to log on and click around in your website if you do that. And 
and understand what you're looking at. Um, we're going to get into investment choices and contributions and matches and loans and uh, withdrawals and rollovers and and all of these topics this morning. So um, if you're listening on the South Shore, 781-837-4900. If you want to call in and ask us any questions on this or really any other topic, happy to stray from this topic if it's boring, but we're going to make it as exciting as, as we possibly can be. Kirk, are you there? I am here. Oh, you are? Okay. I didn't see you pop in. Maybe the video is just not working yet. I'm still navigating the Wi-Fi. Oh, boy. Okay. But, but I, am, I am here, technically. Okay. Great. Did you have a catchier title for this? Not show? yet. Not yet. Okay. I, right. I heard I heard you, and I'm my brain, I'm, my brain is churning. Okay. All right. We'll have a little coffee, and um, maybe we'll, we'll have something for them after the break. Okay, so I guess we just wanted to start with, okay, so understanding your 401k, just some of the basics, and then we'll get into some of the more complicated things for later in the show, like loans, for example, um, investment choices, navigating the website, um, et cetera, the difference between, you know, allocating contributions, allocating monies um, inside of the plan, et cetera. But, you know, I guess I wanted to do this show because, you know, we work with obviously a lot of people that have either had or have 401ks and it just, it surprises me that people, um, I don't know, I guess just don't have the understanding of them that I wish that they would. So, you know, I get, we get a lot of fairly basic questions on 401ks and that's okay. That's why we're here. We're, we're here to answer the basic questions, of course. But I think it just surprised me that, you know, even sort of navigating, you know, people, a lot of people will log in to view their 401k, but even just like navigating those websites is, you know, I guess a little bit easier said than done. Of course, all those websites are different from all the different providers, but generally the, you know, the, the information on available on those sites and the things that we'd be looking for are, are there's going to be a lot of overlap there. So, all right, let's talk about, I guess, just contribution rates. You know, we've had, we actually touched on this in the last show a little bit, Kirk, that contribution limits inside of employer sponsored plans are significantly higher than they are in an IRA, which is an, an individual retirement plan. So just quick difference. Anyone can make a retirement contribution. Not anyone can deduct it, but anyone can make a re- contribution, even if they don't have an employer-sponsored plan. That's also a bit of a common misconception. Uh, oh, there you are. And it's great, but, great when it works. Okay. The, and the great thing about 401ks and 403bs, group them in there, is that what the amount of money that people can tuck away in those plans in a tax-efficient manner is quite significant, again, compared to a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA um, that they can do out that pe- anyone can do an IRA, make an IRA contribution. Um, you don't have to have an employer. You don't have to have a plan through your employer to make an IRA contribution. You have to have earned income, of course, to make a retirement contribution. But like right in 2021, retirement uh, 401k contributions for someone under age 50 are $19,500 per year. And for someone 50 and older are $26,000. So people can tuck a good amount of money in there. That's a 401k and a 403b. They have the same limits. And so that's a good, that's a good amount of money for many Americans to be able to tuck, you know, if you're over 50, 26,000 bucks away and take a tax deduction on that. If you're making a traditional deductible contribution, that's a good amount of money. And if you contrast that with an IRA, which is for someone like, let's say they're either self-employed 
employed or they're employed, but their their uh, employer doesn't have a 401k or any sort of retirement plan, anyone can make an IRA contribution, but you can only put 6,000 bucks in there if you're under 50 and only $7,000 uh, 50 or older, that's for 2021. That was actually the same for 2020 as well. They didn't adjust those upward this year. So that's a huge difference. That's almost, that's more than three times uh, the contribution. Um, and I was sort of thinking about this this morning in terms of like why there's such, I've never really looked into why there's that huge difference. Um, and I, 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 you know, just thinking about it for, I don't know, a few minutes this morning, I think think it's largely to encourage employers to offer plans to employees um, and and offer the you know the conveniences associated with that and and obviously in many situations the employer match um, I, I'm, I'm thinking that legislators want to encourage employers to offer those plans to employees because if there wasn't such a big gap employers wouldn't have as much of an incentive to offer those benefit those plans and that benefit to their employees you know they they want to you know the the the, you know the government's giving the big you know business owners and executives that little carrot right you know um you can put all this money in there but you have to have an employer-sponsored plan and then there are rules regarding they have to offer for those two employees. So I'm thinking that that's the reason why I never really looked into it. I don't know if you ever did. Uh, no, I, I haven't. I mean, that's a very good question. And yeah, it's like, you know, why, you know, why do all these different plan types exist, you know, traditional IRAs, simple IRAs, SEP IRAs, you know, why, yeah. you know, why do there have to be so many different flavors? You know, I don't understand that. I mean, um, I understand that the IRS or the government is trying to incentivize people to save for retirement. That's kind of the whole you know, thought behind it. So they're giving people tax advantage, you know, tax advantages to to do that. But, and I understand that they need to limit that so that people don't completely take advantage of the, uh, of the, of, you know, of the tax, you know, tax code by just putting tons and tons and tons of money away, you know, pre-tax. But, you know, why does there have to be so many different levels of contribution, you know, caps? I mean, why can't there just kind of be a flat, (laughs) you know, flat, yeah. I think that's just the, ta- the the nature of our tax code in general is that it's extraordinarily complicated. Yeah. Um, the, the, different different things of different these different uh, plan types have been created over time. Yeah. And they just they've never found a way to kind of blend them into one. And I'm sure that yeah. would be very complicated, but it would certainly make life easier for. Uh, I guess that's good. That's job security for us because uh, it makes life makes complicated for everybody else. It doesn't <laughs> doesn't doesn't live this every day. Well, I thought about that as well. Like when I, you know, have studied the tax code a little bit and, you know, there it, it's so complicated. There are so many components in there, you know, the, the tiered tax system and all the deductions and all the credits and um, all the different limits and, you know, income restrictions and all that stuff. I mean, if we just had like, you know, I thought about what, you know, why don't we just have like a flat tax? Like what's wrong with just a blanket flat tax for everybody? Like blanket percentage or, you know, it's, you know, even if the percentage is the same, it's, it's a bigger dollar amount for higher income earners and it's a small dollar amount for lower income earners. It's still, you know, we can still have that system of the wealthier pay, 
you know, uh, you know, pay more in, you know, in taxes, but yeah. And then, you know, you think about how many tax professionals would be unemployed <laughs> if that were the case. Um, yeah. And I'm, and hopefully that's, I don't know that that's the only reason, but, but, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, yeah. I mean, you think about, yeah, there are, there are yeah. all these lobbyists and things that, yeah, I mean, they, you know, maybe that's why some of this stuff exists, but that's, yeah. you know, speculation. Yeah. What if we had no deductions, no credits, no tiered system, just a flat tax, gross income, flat tax. Imagine how easy that would be yeah. at tax time, preparing yeah. your taxes. You're going to get letters from the uh, the CPA uh, yeah. organization, whatever that is. Yeah. But think about the simplicity of it is there's something to be desired about that. Anyway, um, yeah, so so with retirement, uh, with employer-sponsored retirement plans, contribution limits are very high. Again, if you're under 50, you can get up to $19,500 into a 401k or a 403b in 2021. Um, and if you're over, if you're age 50 this calendar year or over, um, you can get $26,000 into a 401k or a 403b. There's also, we didn't really put this on the outline, Kirk, but there's also the simple IRA, which is um, another employer sponsored plan, but it's tailored. It's, uh, it's tailored for smaller businesses with a hundred employees or less. Um, and it's um, still higher contribution limits than an individual retirement plan, an IRA. Um, what is it? 13,500 13, under age 50, 16,500 age 50 or older, or it might be 17,000 age 50 or older. You're going to have to check me on that. Um, That's another employer sponsored plan. It's, it's called a simple, it is a simple, um, it, it, it's it's not very complicated. It is actually simple, although that's not what that's not why it's called the simple. But um, yeah, that's like for small businesses. There's not the same expenses uh, for employers to maintain that plan uh, as compared to a 401k. So we, we're not going to get into this too too much. But also, there's pretty good, um, pretty pretty generous contribution limits. But it, yeah, you're right. You're right. It, it's thirteen thousand five hundred. And then sixteen thousand five hundred if you're fifty and older. Okay, yeah, yeah. So people can get a good amount of money in those, and those are great for small businesses. You had mentioned, yeah. So, so you had mentioned on the outline the auto increase feature. So, and I don't know how common this is. I haven't seen this a whole lot when I've helped clients look at their um, employer 401ks, but there is this concept of, and I don't know, even really know how long it's been around, maybe not all that long, but there's this concept of employees can opt into um, having their contributions to the 401k increased automatically, like as the years go by. And I don't, again, I don't know if it's on like January one, or if you can, you know, select, you know, a period of time in which your contribution would increase. I don't know if you know a whole lot about those Kirk, but I don't see them that much, but there's this concept of, Hey, I'm only, you know, I'm putting 5% in my 401k now, for example. Um, I know that I should increase that to 10 or 12%, but I can't do it all at once, right? So I'll use my, you know, cost of living adjustments and or my raises over time. um, And I'll just like slowly work my way up to that higher contribution, maybe by bumping up my contribution automatically by 1% per year, for example. Um, so, so some 401ks will allow you that option to set an automatic increase. I'm assuming you can set a cap. It's not just going to like 
you know, if you're there for 20 years, I don't think it's just going to keep increasing, you know, to 25 or 30%. Obviously there's limits on what you can put in anyway, but have you seen many of those when you look at clients? So, I mean, I don't always have the opportunity to actually, you know, be logged in with a client, you know, to actually see what they see. And I don't know what the stats are as far as how many plans offer this feature, but I, but I, you know, I know that it does exist. Um, and it's, you know, I, I think it is becoming a little, you know, for, for, pl- you know, new plans that are being set up. I think it's more common, um, yeah. may, maybe not so much on, on older or existing plans. Um, but I think it's, I think it's great because, you know, m- most people get, you know, get raises or costs of living increases, you know, most years, maybe not every year, but, you know, and so if you have this feature, you know, enacted, you basically, you know, you're increasing your contributions, which, you know, you you probably don't even feel it, you know, you probably don't even notice it. And, you know, you'll reap those benefits, you know, down the road because of, you know, all those extra savings and compounding. uh, And you didn't, didn't even have to think about it. Uh, Because I think that's, I think that's the main thing that, you know, the main reason people don't maybe save more to their 401k is is that they just don't think about it. It's not that they don't want to, um, or that they don't mean well, they just, you know, they're busy. And, you know, how often, you know, does the average person think about their 401k or how much they're contributing? Um, and if you, so all, all you have to do is think about it once, right. And set it up and then it takes care of itself, uh, you know, for you. Um, yeah. so I, I think it's an awesome thing. If I also if, do. If, yeah. yeah. I also think it's awesome. And again, we're going to talk today about listeners might notice today that as we talk through, as we talk about 401ks, we're going to be talking sort of generically because what people should understand is that not all 401ks are created equal. There are, 401ks are very customizable. So the employer works with the 401k provider and they customize a plan. And there's a lot of flexibility um, for employers to, to, I mean, there are rules that they have to abide by, but there's a lot of flexibility. They can offer things or not. Um, and, and so almost every single 401k we see business to business to business is different in some way. Um, the contribution limits are standard. Pretty much everything else is different, whether or not there's profit sharing, what are the investment choices? Is there this automatic increase? Um, you know, we're gonna talk about matching contributions in a minute. That stuff's all, it's all different. And so that's why when we're talking about this stuff today, we're, we have to be talking generically because everyone's plan um, is different. So yeah, I think the auto increase is great. Um, again, if, if you know, people can log on to their website and like, and again, oh, you know, I've seen a lot of these websites. I've, you know, been sitting with a client and, you know, sort of watch them log in and, you know, walk them through the websites and stuff. So I've seen a bunch of them, but they're all different. Every provider has a different website. Um, so, so, you know, the way to see if you have the auto increases to, you know, log in and go somewhere to that contribution, somewhere there's going to be a section regarding your contribution election. And it would be like right there somewhere right. when you're putting in, you know, my percentage contribution, yeah. if, if that auto increase is available, it's going to be right there somewhere. Would you like to take advantage of, you know, automatic increase? Yes or no, blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, uh, either that or, or ask your employer or ask your, you know, someone in HR if they know if that's available. Um, I, I haven't seen it super broadly available. Hopefully it will be more common in the future, but that's a, that's a good one. And we also talked, was it last show or the show before about how automatic enrollment 
has it is hopefully becoming more popular as well. And we talked about how there are some now tax benefits for employers to um, set up automatic enrollment in their 401ks. And, and um, you know, I think that that's great. In other words, when a new hire comes on board, they're going to be automatically enrolled in the 401k at some, you know, modest percentage of their income. You know, they're not going to enroll you at 20% contribution. You know, it's probably going to be something like four or 5%. Um, so some, so, you know, the, the default would be that as soon as eligible, new hire would automatically be enrolled in the 401k. They can of course opt out, but it, it places the burden of opting out on the employee, um, which I think is a good default. Again, there's in, in effective last year, there were some new tax benefits for employers under the, I think it was the CARES Act, right? That was the first one, the first stimulus, um, yeah, under the CARES Act for employers to to set up automatic uh, No, right? no, it was the Secure Act. Oh, the Secure Act. Yes. The Secure the Secure Act was the first stimulus. Right. Okay. The and that's Act and that, I think that's the one that's the one that had the uh, auto enroll. Okay. Okay. Oh my God! Again, there's the, been so many acts. I know. Well, the ca yeah, the, care, the CARES Act was more about the coronavirus, and you know, that was this, the C. So it was more about you know, uh, but the Secure Act was before the coronavirus. You know, it was and it was about you know setting everybody up for retire. You know, for retirement. And oh, you know. that's right. Okay, I was thinking it was part of the first stimulus, but it was for the Secure Act. Okay, right. which was okay. before all of the which world. The world changed. Which was before COVID, right? Um, these long ago before COVID-19, right? right. Oh, I was going to say, oh yeah. So again, yeah. yeah, I think that I, yeah, I, again, I think this is a great feature for, you know, you know, employees that are setting up plans and, and if, and if you're an, or I'm sorry, employers, and if you're an employee, you know, obviously we can't give, you know, blanket advice, but I think it's don't, you know, <laughs> opt in. I mean, I don't see a reason why you wouldn't opt in. I mean, yeah. Um, it, again, it's one of those things, you know, People don't, you know, a lot of times don't save enough because they just don't have time to even think about it. And so this is just a great way to get people started. Um, even if it's a, a relatively low rate, it's anything's better than nothing. Um, all right. We just have a few minutes before we take a break. But um, I, we did, I did want to get into like target contribution percentages, um, which is so, it's so hard to do. It's, you know, everybody's different. Everybody's situation is different. Are you married? Are you not married? Do you have kids? Do you not have kids? What do you have saved already? How old are you? Do you have a pension? Um, what are your retirement goals? Do you have a mortgage? What? Yeah. what? Do you have a pension? Do you have a mortgage? Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, there's so many variables. I mean, I tell young people that you should be in the 10 to 15% range. I actually, I actually am more comfortable now telling people they should be in the 12% to 15% range. And, and if you can do that, you know, starting from a young age and, and contribute 12 to 15% of your retire of your salary to a 401k annually. And, and if you have a match in there to boot, I mean, I, that, that likely would set you up pretty well for retirement at, at a normal retirement age. Um, but, you know, again, it's all over the map. Sometimes I meet people that are you know, 45 and haven't saved much yet. And, and then you're talking about you, you, you sh they should be aiming for a contribution quite a bit higher than that likely. Right. right. So it's really all over the map, but 
Um, you know, sometimes I meet younger people and they're at a five or a six percent because they're maximizing the match and they kind of feel good about I'm putting as much in to get the match in. But, but you know, if that's your level of contribution for your lifetime, that likely doesn't set you up well for a comfortable retirement at a normal retirement age. So 10, 12, 15 percent is a great target for a lot of people. But again, caveat that with everyone's situation is different. Get some individualized advice on that. I personally think that when you're young and you don't have a whole lot in the way of overhead and expenses yet, pump as much in there as you can because we did that whole show on the benefits of saving early for retirement and how you can set your portfolio up to work for you. And and I stand by that. But we're going to talk more after the break. You're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed chatting with my husband, Kirk Reed. Uh, we're talking about understanding your 401k. I'm going to call it the 401 what show. No? It's better. Uh, better. No. I got. I got nothing. So that's great. I'm not. I'm not. Maybe I'm not cool enough for that. But uh, we're talking about employer retirement plans. We're just taking a quick break, and we'll be right back. And we're back. Good morning. You're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara Reed. Joined this morning by my husband and business partner Kirk Reed. And we're talking about 401s and 403s uh, to be more. What's, um, what, is, what do they say? The, the 411? Is that is that like? Yeah. So what's the 411 on 401s? Oh, I like that. Yeah. The four, the four Done. Yeah. Oh, I like it, Kirk. Oh, where was that 30 minutes ago when we started the show? I don't That's know. Pretty good. That's pretty good. All right, we're talking about employer-sponsored retirement plans. Just want to give people an overview of those, help them understand what they hopefully have through their employer, things to think about, um, things to hop on that website and and peruse. Um, you know, maybe just make sure you're taking the most advantage of your employee benefits. 401ks are great. I love them. They're they're they offer you know, high contribution limits. They offer convenience for people in terms of just, you know, salary deductions right from payroll. You never see the money. You can't, you know, it's, it, it never drops into your bank account. It, you know, it, it, you don't feel less wealthy when it goes out because you never saw it come in. So they're, they're fantastic. And, um, you know, and, you know, I have a lot of clients that, you know, kind of walk in and they're like, you know, I have this 401k or I have this IRA, you know, with you that you're managing, I, you know, I, I know that I need to contribute more, you know, what's better. And, and, you know, of course, to be quite, you know, there's, I have a conflict of interest there. And if, you know, if I say, oh, absolutely, you know, it's better to it contribute to the IRA here with me, not that, you know, stinky 401k. No, if, you know, then there's a, there's a financial conflict of interest, right. For an advisor to say that, but I, it's very rare that I would even say that 401ks have such, um, they're just so convenient. They have those high contribution limits again. I mean, um, and we'll, we'll talk about uh, Roth 401ks when they're available to people and the, and the lovely, all the lovely things associated with those. So generally speaking, it's if you have an employer sponsored plan, it's quite wise to take full advantage of it. Um, and again, right before the break, we were sort of talking about, you know, contribution uh, target percentages. And um, again, that's just, it's so hard to give someone generically, you know, the, the perfect advice regarding what you should be putting in your 401k in order to ensure financial security and retirement, you know, that's, that, that's a very tailored, uh, customized answer, but you know, again, it, the best we can 
the best advice we can give is broadly speaking for your entire working career, you should be in that 10% to 15% per year of your salary per year range. And if you're much lower than that, you should think really hard about and, and maybe get some tailored advice to you about about if you should be bumping that up. Um, if you're much higher than that, which likely not a lot less of a concern, right? Probably not as many people in that camp. But you know, if if you're a youngin and you're putting twenty percent or twenty five percent away in. I, it's rare that I would say, stop it, that's too much, right? I, because again, we did a whole two hour show on the beauty and the benefits of front loading your retirement savings early in life. There are so many benefits and I could, I could totally go on like a 30 minute tangent, tangent on that right now, but I'll, I'll try to rein it in to just a minute or so. But again, when, when someone is younger and doesn't yet have, you know, expenses related to, for example, kids or, or potentially a mortgage, you know, or, or you know, just the, just the expenses of life. Um, and if they can pump a bunch of money, if, if someone can pump a bunch of money into a retirement plan early, you know, as long as you're still able to like feed yourself, of course, and all in all that and, and, and enjoy life, you know, a bit, then I think that that's a wonderful thing. And it opens up so many opportunities for you later on to potentially reduce contributions later on, you know, when, when those expenses creep into your life, whether it's kids or college or, or that larger mortgage or, or what have you. But um, I, I think if you're over that limit, great, wonderful. Um, and, and, my, yeah, my only my only comment there is, you know, just to you know fill in the other part of that answer or picture is, yes, yes, that's that is awesome to do that, uh, but you know, making sure that you first have covered some other bases as far as like you know, say you know, hey, you have some emergency savings because yes. if you if all of your money's in the four hundred one k and then you have an emergency. Then you got to take it out, pay taxes, penalties, et cetera. So, you know, make, yeah. make sure you have, you know, you have some defenses set up first. And then if you're doing that, then that's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's move on to 401k matches. So um, many employers match, not all. Again, this falls under the heading of this is customizable by the employer. I would say a fairly standard match is like four percent like right that's pretty yeah. average yeah i wonder i wonder what the stats are but yeah that i mean as far as the stuff that we've come across yeah that sounds about right as far as yeah. average um you know sometimes i'll meet people and their employer is matching six percent or i've had some upwards of ten percent or more that is an anomaly that is quite rare and very generous of your employer if you're in the six percent or more of your salary in terms of your employer matching uh, your 401k contributions, that's very generous and perhaps take an opportunity to thank your employer for that. Um, but th th you know, that's wonderful when, when we see that. I mean, so again, you know, bear, bear, in terms of uh, taking the most advantage of your employee benefit, obviously just making, maybe it's not obvious, but you know, making sure you're taking advantage and receiving the full match is uh, step one. And, and I think a lot of people know that. And I certainly meet a lot of people that um, are at least putting in the amount that they need to, to receive the full employer match. And that's great. Again, maybe it's not enough to ensure, uh, you know, the retirement that you, that you're envisioning when you're envisioning it, but 
it's a great start. At least put as much in there as you need to to maximize the employer 401k. So generally those matches are, you know, the employer will match. If you put in a certain percentage, they'll put in a certain percentage. So they're encouraging you to save your own dollars in there. Um, so, but I, w- I would say the, the most common match I see is about, f- is 4% um, of salary. Generally the employee would need to be putting in five or 6% in order to receive that full 4%. Right. And that's, you know, yeah. you, and that's different too, right? So every plan is different as far as, you know, you need, you need to understand what, what you need to put in yourself in order to get the match. Um, I mean, yeah. I guess, you know, I can use, we can, I can use our 401k as an example. Cause I, you know, I know what that is. And basically if, you know, if we put, actually it changed recently, but it used to be that, you know, if we put in 5% of our own salary, the company would do 4%. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, but then there were, you know, if you did less than five, then you would get less than, you know, there was some, you know, it kind of phases in, you know, it phases out depending on how much you put in. So, but every, every 401k is different. And so you okay, need right. A hundred percent of three, the first 3% and then 50% of the next 2%. Right. And it's very, it's very complicated. It's very confusing, but, um, yeah, so you need to understand, you know, what what you, what you need to do in order to, you know, enjoy the full benefit. Yeah. Right. Uh, Yeah. But 4% is pretty standard. Again, not all employers match. Um, and I would say the the vast majority, if you have a 403B, so a 403B is, like a 401k, it's a it's an employer-sponsored retirement plan, but it's for nonprofit organizations. So we see those through municipalities. So like teachers have 403bs, not uh, you know nurses in, in hospital, people that work in hospitals and nonprofit hospitals have 403bs. The vast majority um, of 403b providers don't provide a match that I see anyway. Uh, if you do happen to have a 403b match, that's great. That again, that's rare and that's wonderful if you have it. And you know, again, take full advantage. So we did a little bit of research for, before the show regarding match, regarding the the employer match, and whether or not it might it makes sense for people. Let me back up a second. Actually, before before you go there, um, okay. I was just going to talk about uh, vesting. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot to put that in the list, but um, so so vesting or or a vesting schedule is basically so you know any money that you know you contribute to your own four hundred one k is automa- you know is immediately vested, meaning you know that's your money, and you know if you leave that company, that money comes with you. That's yours. The employer match doesn't always, that's not always the case. Uh, there are some plans where the employer, you know, match or contribution is is immediately vested, meaning it's yours. If you leave the company, you can take that money with you. There are other 401k plans where they have what's known as a, a vesting schedule, where where you don't, you, you basically, you, you don't own, you know, the employer contributions unless you've been there for a certain amount of time. Um, so I, you know, there are a couple, you know, kind of common ones. One is like a, maybe like a five year, um, you know, vesting schedule where, you know, after you've been with the company for one year, maybe you get nothing, you know, and maybe you forfeit, you know, the, the employer match if you leave, um, you know, after two years, you know, you're 20% vested where, you know, 20% of whatever the company put in, you can take with you, you know, three years, 40%, four years, 60%. And then until you get up, you know, until you get hit, you know, a hundred percent, 
which could take you know five or six years. Some some of them are less than that. You know, might be a three year vesting schedule. So again, they're all different. They can be different. I think there there are there are there's certainly a max. You know, a company can't say oh ten years or whatever. I think yeah. I think I think five or six years is the is the max uh, as far as um, you know what their schedule can be. And then also there's another one that's called like, what they call cliff vesting, where yeah. You know, it happens, it happens like, this is one example here. So, you know, so maybe after one year of work, it's 0%, two years, it's still zero, but then three years, it, now it's 100%, you know, so, yeah. all, you know, all of a sudden you're 100% vested. And I think three years is the max on cliff vesting. In other words, they can't go out six years on cliff vesting. They have to, they can't go out as, a provider can't go out as long on cliff vesting. They can go out longer on incremental right. vesting. Right. Yeah. And so... Um, yeah, so again, just, just to be aware of, you know, if you are, you know, perhaps, you know, contemplating, you know, leaving your job, uh, you know, be aware of where you are in that, in that schedule, if, yeah. if that applies to your 401k. Actually, I feel like vesting schedules are fewer and far between these days where more employers are doing what we call the safe harbor match, mm-hmm. where they're, that's immediate vesting. They have to abide by, I think it's that 4% match rule is this is the safe harbor match they don't have to worry about discrimination testing i believe because it's just a it's just a blanket four percent right so there's i forget the details of the safe harbor but there's no vesting schedule so i feel like that's become more common i think it's less costly for employers to have a 401k safe harbor they don't have the same record keeping costs right so yeah i mean i guess they have to they have to factor in you know what does that four percent cost them versus versus the record keeping and and other things on the other side Um, yeah but i feel like i don't see vesting as much anymore with with clients most of them are their contribute their employer contributions are immediately vested and yeah yeah yeah, I, I guess I guess I would agree with that. That it's yeah. it's it's not you don't see thing. them as often as in the yeah. past. All right, can we talk about in, uh, people that max their four hundred one k? Yes. So again, maxing a four hundred one k in twenty twenty one is nineteen thousand five hundred dollars over the course of the year if you're under age fifty, and twenty six thousand dollars if you're age fifty or older. So there are some people who are able to max their 401ks, uh, you know, throughout the course of the year. And there are some people who express interest in wanting, whether it's, whether it's intentional or not, there are some people who max earlier in the year. In other words, their contributions aren't evenly spread over 24 or 26 paychecks. They might be front loading the 401k throughout the course of the year. Some people do this intentionally and some people don't do it intentionally. Some people were just like, you know, set up to max it last year and they got a raise in pay. And if their contribution percentage is the same, then they're going to max earlier because they're putting more money in because they got a raise in pay and and they kept the percentage the same. So some people just sort of like, oh, I maxed early. Um, You know, I, I had more paycheck dropped into my you know, I had more money dropped into my bank account via my paycheck toward, you know, in December of the year. Yeah. And, uh, you, and you might in, you know, as you said, some people might do that intentionally because, you know, they might think, well, if I get the money in sooner, I get it working sooner. Right. You know, I get it. I get it invested sooner and it gives it longer to work, which is, I guess, not a bad thought. I mean, that doesn't um, I, I don't I don't think that's a bad rationale. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you don't know. You don't know, you know, what the best timing is going to be. We could talk about, you know, a dollar cost averaging and how that may or may not be the best case to 
to front load it. But but I think that's some people. That's what they might think um, when when they do yeah. that intentionally. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you think about a normal a normal year in the markets, would be that the markets are higher in December than they were in January, right? So that's certainly not always the case, but more often than not, we have a positive return in the stock markets throughout the course of the year. I don't know that statistics is something like two, two thirds of the time or more of calendar year returns are positive, meaning right. balance, you know, markets are higher at the end of the year than they were at the beginning. So if that's the case and we're in like a normal year, actually last year, 2020 was a crazy good year to max your 401k early. Right. That was an anomaly for sure. Yeah. Um, but, an, you know, even a normal year would be that, you know, the markets just like trend upward and we have ups and downs, but over the course of 12 months, they would trend upward. So having more money in your 401k earlier in the year allows you to have more money trending upward, not guaranteed, of course, right? We certainly have years where someone could front load their 401k, you know, max it out earlier in the year. And then we have like 29, 20. 2018 was a was a was a bad year. Yeah, 2018 was great over the first three quarters, and then we had a terrible fourth quarter. Mm. So, someone that maxed out early in 2018, or even maxed out over six to nine months, and then we had a pretty significant dip there fourth quarter. Um, that strategy didn't work well in 2018. 2020, if you, there was ever a year to mm. max your 401k, like. By June, you know, some people are very aggressive and try to max out very early. Though those people were, and if they had, you know, if they were invested and had any sort of stock exposure, you know, fifty percent or more, even forty percent or more, I guess I would say, there they they that was very worthwhile in twenty twenty as the markets were, you know, at a at quite a low point there in mid mid to end of March. And then trended upward quite significantly from end of March through the end of the year. So that was a fantastic year to do that. Who, you know, remains to be seen what will happen with calendar 2021. But I think, you know, there are some reasons to do that. There are also, um, you know, for, for cash flow reasons, some people, I don't know, might want to do that. You know, if they, if they can live with that extra, extra 401k contribution earlier in the year, and then they sort of get rewarded at the end of the year with a more cash flow uh, in their paycheck, right, you know, around holiday time, you know, whether they use it for that or whether they use it for, you know, then they have an opportunity to overpay the mortgage. I mean, some people just kind of like the change in the cash flow. It feels satisfying. So I think there are some, you know, benefits to that. Um, one thing to be cognizant of is um, is the employer match. So um, there are, so again, under the heading of not all 401ks are created equal. Some 401ks match your contributions annually and some match your contributions monthly. I don't know the statistics on on what is more common. I thought that the annual match was more common, um, but I was reading quite recently actually that um, so I guess let, let me back up. If your employer, if the language in the 401k document 
Hold on one second. My girls are passing me notes so that I can answer a question. They're being so cute and quiet, but they're passing me notes. I bet. Um, I bet I even know what the note says. What do you- <laughs> does, it say, does it say, "Mommy, can I? Can we watch a show?" It ex- absolutely says that. It also says, "Love." Arden and Callie. Heart, heart, heart. Yeah. And it's like, how can you say no? Plus you're trying to work. So yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. But they're being very quiet. You can't even hear a little pitter patter. Like, like a mouse, there? like a mouse. Oh, they're so cute. Okay. So I have now successfully passed my note back. Good. And they have to accomplish a couple things first. Oh, there were, there were stipulations. Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. Of course. I understand leverage. Mm. Uh, as a parent, I have become to understand leverage mm-hmm. and how powerful that is. Yeah. So, so I, I, again, I don't, again, I don't know the statistics, but I think the norm is that a, that your 401k would have language in that document indicating that they'll, that they're going to match, you know, for example, 4% of your annual contribution. Okay. If that was the case, let's say someone makes a hundred thousand dollars a year. Let's say they're putting, um, what doesn't matter what they're putting in. Let's say they're putting enough in to get the full employer match, right? So if the full employer match in that example is 4%, that person that makes a hundred thousand dollars is going to receive throughout the course of the year. If they, let's just say they contribute evenly over the course of the year, their employer match is going to be $4,000 throughout the course of the year, right? Incrementally, or let's say equal over the paychecks if the person does not max out earlier, if they don't, or if they don't max out at all. In the example where someone is very aggressive with their 401k contribution and they max early, let's say they're quite aggressive and they max over six months. They get that into, let's say they're under 50, they get that 19.5 in over six month period of time. In the ex- so in that example, the employer would be matching for that first six months two thousand dollars because the person's salary didn't change. They're just putting more of their own money in there. So the so the 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 four hundred one k match is still calculated with that monthly paycheck. So over six months, two thousand dollars goes in as the match. Now, in, now, 401ks have to go, they, they have to have what we call record keepers. Basically, they have, um, there are, there's a bunch of number crunching that has to be done at the end of the year to ensure that XYZ happened and that employer is running that 401k and abiding by all the guidelines and the IRS regulations surrounding 401ks. In other words, they're not, you know, top heavy and benefiting the executives and, you know, not, not benefiting, you know, the worker bees, et cetera, the workers, I shouldn't say worker bees, but you know, that there are rules regarding not allowing the more highly compensated employers, employees, excuse me, to benefit more, you know, than, than the lower paid employees. So there's IRS guidelines around that. So one reason for the record keeping, but another reason for the record keeping would be a situation like this, where someone maxes out early and the employer, again, if they're matching based on, if their match is an annual match, where in this case, the $100,000 employee would need, would be due a 4% or a $4,000 contribution. But if they're, they max out early, they only received $2,000 over six months, then another six months go by and there was no contribution. So there was no match. Then, the, then there would be like a true up 
at the end of the year or early the next year where the 401k provider, the record keeper goes through these calculations and determines, oh, hey, this person maxed out early. They only received a $2,000 match. They're due another 2000 to true up, you know, and make them whole because the match in that example was 4%. Now that is the case with 401ks when the when the 401k document or the the plan document is written in such a way that the match is is an annual match apparently and again i this sort of angered me but apparently i learned recently that some 401k plan documents can be written in such a way that the, that the match is a monthly match and if that's the case, they're looking at your monthly salary and matching 4% of that. So for in that example, if, you're, if your plan is set up in such a way that the match is actually based on your monthly income, not annual, then someone who maxes out earlier in the year is actually negatively affected by that and they would not be due you know, in those for those months where they miss the employer match, it would not be trued up. So, so yeah. So, I, yeah. In, in your in your example, there, you know, somebody that that maxes out in six months, then yeah. you know, then they're then they're only getting half of the match that that they're due. Right. Uh, if, right. if 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 the if that plan abides by the the monthly contribu- right. uh, contribution contribution uh, right. so did, did you i was cu- i'm curious did you did you read anything about like why you know why a for you know why an employer would pick one of those versus the other is like is there an advantage to the employer to to do one of those or or not necessarily there's less administrative work i.e. it's less costly for an employer to do the monthly match. Okay, so that's a reason that so so that, so that's why that those could exist or might exist out there is because yeah. it might save them some money. Yeah. Um, we got about words, two minutes. Employers pay third party. I think most. I don't. I don't actually know if you can do your internal record keeping. You must be able to. I, I, most employers pay a third party. Again, what we call record keeper to ensure that they're running their 401k and abiding by the laws, right? So if the plan administrator or that record keeper doesn't have to go through those true up calculations, they don't have to spend the time on that. It's less time for that record keeper and it's less money for the employer. So it's cheaper for the employer. And also they don't they wouldn't have to add extra money to their employees 401k in that example. So it's cheaper for two reasons, right? They're potentially saving some match dollars, but they're also saving some administrative expenses. So that's unfortunate. And I, and I don't know the statistics. I hope those are rare. Um, but I thought of a few clients recently who we need to double check on that and how their plan document is re- is reading because I was frustrated to learn that some could be written that way. I didn't realize yeah. that that was the case. Oh, we got to take a break. Okay. You're listening to McNamara on Money. We're talking about the 411s of 401s. Uh, and we're just taking a quick break. I will listen to Check us out at McNamaraFinancial.com or McNamaraOnMoney.com. Uh, we're just taking a break. We'll be right back. 